Are you interested in learning about owning a vacation rental in the Florida Keys? Then you will not want to miss today's episode. On this episode, we speak with Annie Matthews, owner of Bare Feet Vacation Rentals, about owning a vacation property here in the Keys. Hi, Annie. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, April. Tell us about Bare Feet Vacation Rentals and yourself. Well, April, I've been doing uh, management and rentals uh, for residential real estate uh, here in the Upper Keys for 30 plus years now. Uh, Originally, I was interested in sales, so after I got my license, I interviewed with a local company, Ganem Realty. Um, that's where I spent my first five years. When I when I interviewed with them, uh, uh, there was a sales agent, Mike Fagan, and if anybody's been in real estate for any length of time, they recognize that name. Uh, but I'll never forget what he told me. He said that he was uh, in real estate working seven days a week uh, for nine months before he had his first sale. Uh, so uh, it was a single mother. I quickly knew that wasn't going to work. My son liked to eat a little more frequently than every nine months. So, uh, as it happened, they were also looking to expand their property management department. And, uh, so that's where I started after that. It was, uh, 15 years with a large franchise here, uh, in the keys and until they went out of business in, uh, 2009, the result of the real estate market crash. So, um, at that point, I had a decision to make. I could step away from what I affectionately call real estate hell uh, and go into another trade, but I really didn't want to go back to school. I I didn't want to go work for another brokerage uh, in their rental department and risk what I had already gone through. So, uh, you know, the idea of getting a regular job, punching a time clock didn't appeal to me. So after a a lot of prayer and meditation. I uh, borrowed $10,000 and opened uh, Tropic Homes, which is our long-term rental division and bare feet vacation rentals, uh, the vacation rental side of the company. Great. So you kind of mentioned, uh, so you guys have two, you have bare feet vacation rentals and Tropic Homes. Uh-huh. Thank you, Tropic Homes. So, and then kind of tell us, you know, I think we understand the difference between a long-term rental and a vacation rental, but just in case, what's the difference between the two. Uh, vacation rental is, is defined by the state and county as any rental for a period of less than six months and one day. That one day is the defining line. Any rental for those shorter periods of time require a sales and med tax be attached and uh, rentals of six months and one day and longer, they do not require the taxes. And, and yes, we do do both. Okay. So I get the question a lot when I have buyers coming down looking for a second home is that they want to, you know, be in it for a little bit, but then rent it out the rest of the year. And then the question a lot of time is what is the best type of home for that? Is it a single family? Is it a condo? Is it a manufactured home? And I'm sure they all have their pros and cons, but really in your experience, what's the difference between renting those as a vacation home and pros and cons, I guess. Within bare feet rentals, uh, properties that are permitted to rent nightly or weekly do far better as a vacation rental than those limited to that 28 night minimum rental uh, timeframe. Some of the condos by their condo docs have a one month or longer uh, minimum stay requirement. But within those nightly and weekly market, you know, that that's typically the biggest bang for the buck. Our market, for the most part, for the large portion of it are people who are still in the workforce. So if they can purchase a property that can be rented less than a month at a time. Okay. And then what about also as in waterfront versus non-waterfront for single family homes or condos? 
I would think the waterfront properties do better. But again, what kind of your point on condos waterfront or condos non waterfront or same thing, single family home? Like now, I'll speak on family home dry. Well, the three bedroom, four bedroom, and larger do very well. And it's that's simply based in supply and demand. There is a lot more competition in the market for two bedroom units. You know, there's many communities have, have two bedroom condos that for rent, whereas three and four bedroom. Uh, in the larger, there's like very few. So they do they do quite well. Dry lot single family homes, we just don't have a market for anymore. We don't even, we may get one call or maybe two calls a year for that. So we don't even carry any inventory. Uh, by far, uh, waterfront properties. Our winter retirees prefer the condos and most of them do not have boats. So it's not as critical, uh, but the water view is important. So if it's within their budget, they're going to take a water view property over a non-water view property every time. And our summer crowd are largely boaters. So you have to have dockage. And a, a dry lot home, even if it has the availability, say a neighborhood ramp, you know, it's a hassle for them to get the boat in the water, take the boat out of the water, you know, find a ramp somewhere. Uh, you know, they just want to walk out the door, get on the boat and go. So it, it uh, greatly diminishes the, the value of a home if it does not have dockage right out the door or condos. Our winter people really prefer the condos because of the social aspect of, uh, you know, they have covered dish dinners, they have water aerobics, you know, card games. Whereas if they rent a home in a private neighborhood, they, you know, you might smile and wave at your neighbor, but, you know, we live here, we work, we socialize a lot less than people who just have, are retired. Our summer crowd, they like the homes if, the, if they have dock right out the door because they're bringing their families. They're not really concerned with socializing with the neighbors. The condos are very popular with dockage in the summer because maybe the family doesn't want to go with dad on the boat every day. So they have swimming pools or a fitness center or a game room. So the kids can be entertained, not just sitting in a house complaining because, you know, they're bored. Right. And that's interesting, the difference, because, you know, we do, as you know, have a very different crowd between our winter months and our summer months. But I never thought about that aspect of it as in, you know, the winter months might be a more older community. So they're looking for the socialization and might stay here longer. So they want to kind of make more friends and then the summer. So it sounds like you can rent both. It just might change throughout the time of year. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, great. Now you also mentioned the 28 day minimum rental period. For those who aren't familiar with what that means, uh, what, what exactly is the 28 day minimum policy here in Monroe County? Unincorporated Monroe County has a 28 night minimum rental stay in many zoning areas, like single family IS zone is a 28 night minimum stay. You cannot uh, get a permit or an exemption to rent for periods of less than that. Certain zones, suburban commercials, suburban residential in some cases, there's special vacation rental zones now where you can make application to the county if you meet other certain requirements as well. There's two different things, a special vacation rental permit or a special vacation rental exemption. So depending on all this different criteria, you can make application to them for rent for periods of less than 28 nights, but that's like a whole other show. <laughs> There's a lot, lot involved in that. I bet. So um, like you said, if you can get less than 28 days for a condo, because like you said, homes are harder, 
you might have a better chance or more profitable or easier to rent out than the 28 day, 28 day minimum. Yes. Well, especially if it's an owner that wants to use the home themselves. Right. You know, we have a, we may have a monthly minimum condominium and the owner wants to come use it one week in the middle of February. Well, February is a super busy winter month. So if they're taking a week out of the month and it kind of precludes us from running a month, they're running mid-month, mid-February to mid-March. So they've lost a two-month potential booking because they will have one week they want to use themselves. If it's a condo or a home that can rent weekly, then that's much easier to book around owner stays. So it really is tailored to what we weigh very heavily to what the owner's objectives are. What is it they want to do? So say you have a buyer April and you send them to me because they're looking to rent and kind of pick my brain. First thing I'm going to ask them is what their objective is. If they are really looking to get the most bang for their buck out of a rental, then I'm going to recommend they look at things that can rent weekly or less than a week. If they are really looking, say, hey, in three years, we're going to retire and we're looking for a, you know, a quiet community, you know, then I would recommend looking for something that does have at least a one month minimum because it's much less traffic. It's much less uh, in and out every, you know, every week or every few days. So it's more conducive to year round living. That makes sense. And that's good because you're right. It's like it. What's the end goal here? If it's if they're doing it for an investment property, it's a totally different property as if, like you said, they're retiring and want to bring the family down for six months out of the year or whatever. So we have different seasons kind of here in the Keys. What would you say are our tourist seasons and I guess the best time to rent or the, the you know the high and low seasons throughout here? Uh, well, the winter season runs Christmas through Easter, and then our summer season runs from when school is out until when school starts again. So there's different, uh, again, if, if you can rent less than a month, there are other times where, you know, you're certainly going to get rental revenue. But the summer holidays are super busy. Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day to a lesser extent, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, so there are other times there's fishing tournaments. So there may be a long weekend or something in May, which is typically a very slow month that they'll be able to, to rent. If it's a monthly, people aren't going to come for a month for a four-day fishing event. Right. That makes sense also. So say I have a buyer, they finally decide, okay, I want a condo. I know what I want it for. I'm going to rent it out, etc. They come to you and say, I want it in your system. What kind of steps do you guys do? Is there certain licenses, I'm assuming, that they need to go through from Monroe County? Do you help with that? How do you get them ready to get the house or condo on the market for rent? There are licenses uh, that are required. There are nominal fees, a sales tax license, their business tax license with the county, depending on if they're in a zoning where, say, Mariners Club or Ocean Point or, or Mube, the condos where they can file for a rental exemption, a, big, a special vacation rental exemption. Then we'll help them with that paperwork, you know, get that started, submit that for them. Inspections, yes, there are inspections required, with, you know, fire extinguishers, uh, smoke alarms, you know, balcony inspections, if they meet a certain criteria also are required. Just other health and safety features. Uh, but yes, I mean, that's certainly something Bare Feet Vacation Rentals can help them do or, or any reputable property management company would, would be able to guide them through that. So let's talk about liability of owning a vacation rental. What type of insurance does the owner need to have 
for if they're using the property as a vacation rental. I know you're not an insurance agency uh, representative, but what would you recommend to your clients who have a vacation rental? Well, the most important thing is that their insurance company knows they're going to be renting as a vacation rental if, if it is available to be rented less than a, the 28 yet, less than a month at a time. The insurance companies look at it differently uh, and they pay a higher premium for properties that can be rented, I'll call it nightly. So that's the critical point is that their insurance company knows that they're going to be renting as a, a vacation rental and then the liability portion of their policy is going to be a lot more than if they weren't renting it. In today's, you know, litigious society, you know, people want to, you know, they get drunk and they're out in the tile and they slip and fall. All of a sudden it's, you know, a lawsuit. So, yeah, definitely want to be covered for that. Yeah, agreed. So then they hire you or another property management company. What? So obviously they have their, the fees they pay to property management. What about, you know, additional what are the other additional fees like cleaning or repairs or what, what are some costs they need to kind of consider they need to take in mind when they think like of not just collecting the rent, but what are the costs they need to kind of consider too? Well, there's no charge for them coming into the inventory. We don't require any upfront money as far as that's concerned. There's like you said, their business tax license is like 20 bucks a year. You know, so I mean, it's like nominal things like that. As far as cleaning and maintenance, it really depends on how the property has been maintained as it comes into the inventory. If it's, you know, if it, if it needs cleaning, then yes, we have a third party vendor that we would send in and do a pre-clean, make sure, you know, kind of like what we used to call spring cleaning. And, and uh, when we do that with our properties once a year, at least, depending on the property, sometimes twice a year before seasons to make sure that that's rental ready. That's it. really cleanliness has to be the number one priority in, in the way we prepare our units for the guests coming in. It, it doesn't have to have brand new furniture. It doesn't, uh, maybe have to have that $2 million view, but it better be clean. Okay. And then I'm assuming also say a tenant comes in or a, a rental comes in and they, you know, ding up the walls or something like that. I'm assuming that's something you guys also kind of take, I mean, the owner has to pay for it, but you guys can manage the, any repairs that might need from tenants doing something they shouldn't be doing to the property. Right. And there's kind of a, a gray area there because some of it's normal wear and tear. Right. If, it, if it's obvious tenant damage, uh, like intentional, which I can't even think of a time when that happened uh, oh, that's good. <laughs> in recent history, uh, you know, walls get banged, people coming in with suitcases and things like that. That's really normal wear and tear in a vacation rental. Uh, but yeah, anything that uh, you maintenance, the faucets leaking, the toilets running, you know, we're going to send in, we have a third party vendor who does our maintenance for us. And, you know, we, we send him in to, to keep the property maintained. Okay. So they get in your inventory and they don't pay like upfront flat fee, but how does it, then do you charge like a percentage of the, once the unit becomes rented, then do you charge like a percentage to take your cut to run it? Or how does that work? How does the payment for them to keep it in the system work? We do work on commission and we pay the month, uh, the end of the month of the arrival of the booking. So uh, as I said, it is commission-based, a percentage of the gross rental. So the owner gets paid, we get paid. So obviously we have a motivation to uh, do good and get a book for them. Okay. So I'm assuming you take care of the marketing side of things. How do you go about that? 
Well, of course, we have our website. Uh, we have, uh, there's no charge to the owners for much of the advertising marketing we do. We do offer some optional advertising uh, avenues for them if they want to participate. But again, they're, they're optional. We have a marketing uh, uh, plan to get the guests back that we've already had. I mean, that's uh, a nice portion of our business are repeat guests. And that's what we strive to do. We're going to give them good service. We're going to present them with a beautiful, clean accommodation and well-maintained. And so when they come back or when they're talking to their friends and family, they're going to send them back and they're going to ask for that particular property because they know what they're getting. Right. And I'm sure that makes it easier for you guys or everyone else if they already know the property they like and they just come back every year to the same property. Just makes it easier. And it's easier for the owner to then have a plan for their budget as well because they're, you know, they're counting on those guests coming back. Yeah. So also, is there any advice you'd want to give to someone who, like I said, is looking to hear the keys for a property to buy for as an investment property? What would be your recommendation for if they are interested in getting it in as a vacation property too? Um, well, because the largest volume of our travelers now are still in the workforce, I would certainly recommend looking at properties that have the option of being rented less than the 28 night. That they're just going to get just more bang for their buck. Plus, it's much easier, as I said earlier, to book rentals around the time that they want to use. It. I mean, most of our owners do use their units at some portion of the year. And we don't limit our owners. There's no, we don't care if they come and they stay for six months out of the year. Or they come 10 times for a week out of the area. We, we don't care about that as long as they, you know, make their reservation. They can do it right online. So when it's showing available to us uh, online to book, a guest can book just online at two o'clock in the morning. We don't have to worry about them booking over top of an owner or having to wait and speak with us. It's just easier to book around owner stays if it, again, if it is less than a 28 night stay. Right, right. And it's nice that they just do it digitally. They can just do everything online, just so much easier. <laughs> Absolutely. I was very nervous about that when years ago, when online booking, you know, came to be, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want, just because somebody has the money to pay doesn't mean that I want them in the property. So we still maintain a very personal contact and communication with our guests. If somebody books online, if it's overnight, we call them the next day, make sure that their their occupancy limit does not exceed what is permitted in the unit, make sure that's the property for them, uh, that that's what they're looking for, that's the area. You know, sometimes when you, you know, you have people that aren't familiar with the keys, and especially when you get into that March timeframe, college kids, they want to be in Key West. So they'll book here and not realize they're 100 miles away. So we, uh, again, just keep a very close communication with our guests, make sure that the property fits them and that they are the kind of guests we're looking for. I mean, and we have them, you know, check in at our office so we get to meet them face to face when they check out, come to our office, we get to chat with them about, uh, you know, their stay, things they like to do, if there's any maintenance issues in the unit that we need to know about. You know, it's funny, some, some of the younger crowd, really prefers, hey, send me a code and I don't even want to see you. But that's not how we do business. We're a a small, local, very personal business. And uh, we want to know our customers and we want them to know us. So uh, we're still kind of fighting that to send you a code. And and our older crowd actually prefers that. They really like that face-to-face as well. It gives them a sense of security that they are renting with a legitimate company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And also, it's just kind of nice because, you know, we are a smaller town. So you, you want to keep a good reputation of not just throwing anyone anywhere. You want to make sure, you know, everyone's happy. So 
That's really nice. Well, this has been very informative, Annie. I really appreciate you coming on. And I wanted to say thank you for joining us. And if the listeners would like to reach out to you to ask any more information about your services, how can they reach you? What's the best contact? Our office is in uh, the Pink Plaza at 103 and at uh, 0.4 mile marker. We're above Comcast. Uh, We're open seven days a week. They can stop by or give us a call. The office number is 305-394-9787. Thank you, April. Perfect. Thank you, Annie. I appreciate it. And thank you all for listening to my show, the Florida Keys Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, April Struess. And if you have any real estate questions regarding the Florida Keys, please feel free to reach out to me through my website at www.floridakeyssearch.com or give me a call at 305-399-6297. Have a great day.